This is the Masters of Fitness Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 25 of the Masters of Fitness Podcast. And you know what, guys? This is going to be a very special show today. We have a very special guest for you guys. A CrossFit legend is going to come on the show. But first, we want to remind you guys to uh, subscribe to the IG page, YouTube, like, share, comment. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple iTunes and uh, go ahead and hit that button now. Don't wait till the show goes on for an hour and you enjoy it so much you forget that we are uh, out here. So subscribe to the show, listen to all our good content. And uh, also, Thad, tell us about what some of the uh, events we got coming up over the next couple of weeks. Oh, the next couple of weeks. I know what we have going on weeks, next in month. December. Yeah, December, December the 3rd, uh, we will be at a leadership uh, Beaumont conference um, talking about um, health and fitness. <clears throat> and um, what is that? Um, uh, the Port Arthur Alumni Group will be doing yeah. a youth uh, uh, youth training. In regards to students that want to come in, we'll just provide some training for them, teach them about health and fitness, and actually do a uh, – I get to experience one of Thad's deadly workout demos. <laughs> As you know, he uh, he likes to put his his uh, his, his teachings his – t- his guys <laughs> like to teach through pain and torture – at his CrossFit endurance class he does on uh, every Saturday at CrossFit Beaumont. What kind of pain did you have going through this Saturday, Thad? Oh, man, we had a good one. Um, <clears throat> let me – I can't remember. Um, it was that bad that you can't remember what, what you uh, what you put the people through? Yeah, man. I mean, it was <laughs> it was a 45-minute one. Um, <clears throat> it, it was um, – let me see. I'll tell you real, real quick, like <clears> – <throat> Yeah. All right. Here it is. So we started out with um, six uh, 100 meter uh, overhead, mixed overhead carries where you have one dumbbell down in the uh, suitcase position and the other one locked out overhead. Hmm. And uh, you went out 100 meters, uh, each partner's partner workout. So one partner would go out 100 meter, uh, 50 meters and come back 50. And we would just take turns. We did six rounds, six 600 meter um, suitcase carry overhead suitcase carries and then 30 man makers and 60 60 goblet box step overs and 30 lateral hand release burpees over a dumbbell so that was three rounds of that so it was about a 45 minute workout why <laughs> it was a good one we that had fun my, that's, that's the that's the biggest question that's why normally you mm-hmm. run these things through me and nick but you haven't been doing that here quite lately. So I'll let you so so people, we have nothing to do with this. I myself, he doesn't run these works out workouts through us anymore. He just goes in there with <laughs> the craziness and uh and torture you guys. No, but I like I always say about your class, it's a very good class. Is very uh I don't want to say it's just a beginner's class, but anybody could go into that class on a Saturday and uh and get the job done. Not too many complex movements like snatches, clean injunction, and everything like that. It's just a fun class. Uh, you will get a good workout. Like I said, it's good for guys who just want to get some good cardio in. So, And as you yeah. guys can see, we have these awesome new uh, Masters of Fitness T-shirts that that custom made and put together mm-hmm. for the guys. If you want to pick one of those up, just uh, send us a, a text message or send us an email, and we can give us your size, and we can let you uh, and get you hooked up with uh, one of those shirts. So. Without further ado, 
We want to bring on our special guest, Miss Margot Alvarez, to the show. And uh, I'm kick you out and bring her back in. You know how it goes, Dad. We don't need oh, yeah. you as the focal point of this show. So, Margot, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us uh, Joining us this evening on our live podcast recording. How are you doing today? And wherever you are in the country, in Las Vegas, how's the weather down there? Uh, it's nice. It's a little windy, a little crazy, but it's. Uh, I'm not complaining because I know uh, some places have snow right now, so I'm complaining. Yeah. <laughs> or like, if you live here in Southeast Texas, you're still dealing with hurricane season. So yeah, that's true. No complaints here, but thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, like I say, thank you for coming on the show. Like I said before, huge fan. Your name is like one of those names is just synonymous when you mention CrossFit. It's just the name just comes up. Margo, you're just always a part of the community. Was uh, seven times the uh, CrossFit Games athlete. Is my is that is that correct? Yeah. So huge, correct. huge deal. So tell the people about yourself. Uh, what do you have going on now? So a little bit about your past and how did you get started in this whole world of fit? Not just CrossFit, but in the world of fitness, period. Uh, yeah, so I live, I reside here in Las Vegas. Um, I was born in California, but pretty much grew up in Montana. Um, traveled around a little bit when I was younger, went to university in Hawaii, was out there for about five years, graduated, moved to the Bay Area, uh, always invo been involved in fitness, always active, um, did like a variety of activities Activities when I was younger. Um, I stumbled upon um, kind of like some tough mutters, obstacle courses when I moved to the Bay Area, and I just loved the running. I think it was... Um, Kind of my outlet for dealing with emotions and dealing with things i had my sister pass away in 2008 and i think that was something that gave me um kind of a big pivot in my point in in my life where it allowed me to kind of figure out like what do i want to do where do i want to go and i think the fitness for me was kind of therapeutic it allowed me to feel good but it also allowed me to kind of work through things that i was working with inside my head and so i found my way into personal training um, and wanting to help others with their fitness and health goals. And then eventually I found CrossFit. Um, and I was one of those Kool-Aid drinking CrossFit individuals. <laughs> Loved it, breathed it, ate it, talked about it, raved about it to people. Um, and from there, threw myself into trying to get to the games. And I mean, fast forward so many years later, going to the games seven years in a row, um, and being able to work with the community in so many different levels has been incredible and been amazing. Um, in terms of branching in that fitness into the wine, I've always been involved with wine. My parents trying to teach me and educate me about it, being named after Chateau Margaux, a very famous region in France. I think that was something that, that I was kind of destined to be in. Maybe I didn't really know it at a young age. Um, but I love, like I mentioned earlier, I love the process of winemaking and how it parallels a lot of things in fitness, working towards your training goals in the gym, but also working towards goals in your career, school, family. And I think there's a lot of time and patience that needs to be involved and needs to be present. Um, and it's obviously a process. So you need to be able to enjoy the entire process versus just the end goal versus just getting a muscle up or just hitting a snatch PR or just opening a bottle of wine and drinking it. I think there's a lot more that goes involved to it. And so I wanted to blend those two together, no pun intended, but I like it worked out. But being able to share those two passions with people and show them that you can work hard towards your goals and enjoy the process along the way. Well, you you just explained your whole uh, spelling of your name to to me. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> the, first, the, the first time I, uh, I messaged her about coming on the show, I spelt her name M A R G. G E A U X. Yeah, that's I kept because <laughs> you know being being like from Louisiana, the French mm. Creole type area, everything is yeah, yes, and I had to keep correcting myself. No, it's not E A U X. Is 
uh, AUA. <laughs> so that's how we spell everything down here with that go. With the go, I've seen that with the E A U X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we spell the go down here. That so it's so that's cool. So backtrack. You said something interesting. Uh, you went to University of Hawaii. How often was that? Yeah, I went to university in Hawaii. I actually went no, to okay. Hawaii, that's where Hawaii Pacific University. So uh -huh. it was kind of a, a sister school of H, uh, UH in Manoa, but uh, it was HPU is based out of Honolulu. I was there for um, 2003 to 2008 and graduated that year. So I was there for about five years. Okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. So you said personal training is kind of your uh, your entryway into this whole fitness community, right? So how did you find CrossFit? Yeah, so I had actually, I became a personal trainer. I had some friends that worked at a gym that I was doing marketing and membership and sales. And I just loved, I've always been involved in fitness. Um, I've always been drawn to wanting to help others, um, help kids and give back. And so after talking to my friends, they told me about you know, the whole personal training degrees and different certifications you can get. And so I threw myself into that. And I really loved it just because I wanted to be able to help others. Um, and through that network, I met other individuals um, outside the gym that were involved with fitness as well. Um, and I had some friends say, hey, you know, you should check out this thing called CrossFit. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I just joined a UFC gym in the East Bay area. I uh, used to do Taekwondo when I was little, so I wanted to get back okay. in the arts. And I wanted to, you know, learn a little bit more just for self-defense and education purposes. Like, if whatever reason I got into a scenario where I needed to defend myself, you know, can I? Because you see different types of um, practices out there. And mm. I just broaden my reach and so doing that i was like oh i'm gonna focus on that but then i got involved in some tough mutters some obstacle courses spartan races and i loved it and i had some other friends that I joined in and like oh my gosh you should totally if you love this you should try crossfit <laughs> oh, off a little while and then like beginning of 2011 um a friend of mine was like hey i'm gonna go try out a class you know would you want to come with i was like okay fine i'll totally go with people about it. and i remember it was thrusters or no excuse me it was burpee like snatches and burpees and i just remember having the hardest time with snatches i never really lifted a barbell didn't know what the hook grip was but afterwards yeah. i was like man i feel this is amazing just being yeah, challenged can, physically was really cool and you get that rush when you have your first uh first yeah. i looked at some videos back in 2012 where they had like the snatches it went up for like 135 to yeah. one. 75, I literally looked like I was doing a strict press in my friend. <laughs> I bet. I'm pretty sure you probably were. Yeah, well, no, we, didn't, we didn't know. We both was at work with, with like mop brooms trying to figure out how we was going to record this video because we didn't know what snatches was back then. But yeah. like, like you said, it's just that community just, it leads to that type of personality where you just want to get out there and challenge yourself and do something. It's like a it's like you constantly chasing that workout high every day you go yeah. in there, you're chasing that workout high. And that's why the community is so great and it's, it's good. It's conducive to a lot of people and helping them reach their goals and everything like that. So now when did you start becoming serious about going into being a CrossFit, you know, competing for that CrossFit game, you go into it your first day, you enjoy, you enjoy, but it's something where you flip that switch in your head and be like, I'm about to really torture myself to make it to the game. Because, I mean, what people yeah. don't understand is <clears throat> It's like the top 1%, less than the 1% actually can make it to that CrossFit Games. It's a lot of people, you know, that's all the, that's all we see. So that's like next level. I equate it to you have mean people's playing rec league basketball and only like 15 or so people could actually make it to an NBA team. That's the level of fitness that it gets to and it takes work. So yeah, how did you, what made you want to do that? 
I think the first point where I think it was, I want to say three or four months in, um, I went and volunteered at the SoCal regionals when there were still like two division, two like regions in, in California. And I went and volunteered down there. And I remember watching uh, Katie Hogan, Becca Voigt, Chris Clever, and they were all lining up for the thruster ladder and watching them like pick up these weights and clean these weights. And I mean, thruster all this weight overhead. I was like, damn, that's awesome. Like these, <laughs> I was like, I want to see if I can do that. And I, I barely could do that year in 2011. There was that, I think ground overhead 105 for the women. I could barely get that overhead. Like, it was so heavy. And so <laughs> looking at these ladies, like move all this way. I was like, I want to be able to see if I can do that. And didn't have much experience, but that was kind of the first point. And that was June, 2011. That was the first point that I was like, all right, I really want to see if I'm capable of, if I can push myself and challenge myself to get there. And then mm -hmm. I volunteered a month later at the games in 2011 and just being able to see all the other ladies from all of the places uh, like Elizabeth Akinwali and just all these ladies. I remember Becca Boyd talk, like, talking a little bit to Becca Boyd actually there. And I was just kind of in a way like, oh, star starstruck a little bit. Cause I was like, man, <laughs> these ladies mm -hmm. are incredible. And I was like, what if I can do this? Like, how can I get there? What do I need to do to get there? And I think that was kind of where like the flame was ignited for myself where I was like, all right, I want to get to that late, that stage and compete myself. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, yeah it's a, and it's a tough. It's very tough to get there. How long did it actually take you from you started to make it to the games? Through did you did you get do like the regional things, or were you want to just those people who just pick it up and just go straight to the you know just advance pretty quickly in the sport? Yeah, so that was 2011, and then I started focusing in training. I um, I had a marketing job that I ended up quitting and focusing <laughs> on training coaching. And people are like, man, that's a bold decision. And I, in my mind, my mindset was like, well, I'm going to give it everything I got. Like, I'm going to literally put all my, my like my balls in that basket. I'm going to put everything on the table to be able to get there. Because if I don't, then, I mean, at least I tried. At least I give it everything I got. So then I don't look back and be like, man, I, I wish I could have. I wish I would have. So things were obviously challenging, but I made it happen. Um, ended up meeting Alex, who's my now husband. But I told him my passion about getting to the games and he's like, that's cool. Like I go there every year too. And I was <laughs> Kool-Aid drinking. I was so adamant and passionate about it, but he helped coach me and give me what I needed to need or needed to have for in terms of tools to be able to get better program for me, coached me. And then I made it to the regionals in 2012. And my goal that year was just to get to the final workout, which was um, top 18, I believe top 17. So I finished 17th overall. Uh, and I was happy with that. Again, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to get to the games, but I yeah. didn't have all the tools in the shed for that. Couldn't get through the muscle ups on that last workout on that last day, but at least it gave me a point to say, Hey, this is where I'm at. So then continue to work. And then uh, next year, I mean, obviously there's a lot more that goes into it, but the yeah. next year I qualified for the games in 2013. That's, cool. <clears throat> That's pretty cool. Um, and like you said earlier, when we were talking about the human body, um, I watched, when was that? What year was it? Um, 18 or 19, whenever the last time uh, y'all did the, 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 the total? The that was 2019, yeah. Eight, yeah, I watched that last night. And uh, you, uh, you moved some weight back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I, I think you, um, you had uh, like a, 405 pound deadlift or something like that yeah so my uh at the, the games i hit four 400 for the deadlift and i mean it was looking back like that was i mean i love deadlift it's like my favorite movie no. one of my favorite things um but it's like being close like i really wanted a pr didn't get the pr my pr is 410 but i was happy with a 400 
because I knew we had more stuff kind of left in the day. Yeah. Um, you don't anticipate, but you go into every workout trying to give everything you have because every point, every second counts. Mm -hmm. um, but it was a very memorable experience for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, CrossFit is, yeah, it's fun stuff. So <laughs> how do you manage your body doing, like, in a CrossFit games, actually, you get, you know, you do reasonals, you get to the CrossFit games. These guys, like, I guess it went to now, I guess back in the day was, like, it's just advanced, so it's more workouts, more workouts throughout the day, you know, less recovery time. How do you manage that in your recovery in regards to making it to the next workout that could translate to somebody like myself who just, you know, do one workout a day, making it to the next day? So how yeah. do you manage your recovery? So, I mean, one thing is accumulation of volume and time. So like if you go from one workout a day to like five workouts a day, no matter how much you recover, or eat or sleep or whatever you might do within that time frame, your body is not necessarily adapted to it. So when I tell people like I would train six to seven hours, they're like mind blown. But it's like I didn't just get there overnight. Yeah. I went from one hour to two hours to three to four, et cetera. So in terms of the recovery the biggest thing is getting something in your body, whether it's a protein shake, protein, fat, carbs, whatever it is for your body to refuel. And at that point at the games or regionals, you have a pretty good idea of like what you need. Uh, my go-to was always a protein shake and then like baby food. So baby food's mm -hmm. quick absorbing, quick carbs. I could get okay. that in. If there's more time between events, like three to four hours, then I could eat like a meal or have something where I can actually get some substance in. But if there's a quick turnaround, then you want some quick carbs. And I remember um talking to tia like i think this was back in like 2000 i want to say 15 maybe or 16 we were talking about regionals and having i think it was 2016 actually having something from the workout that it was like the wall balls straight into the pull-ups you had like a one or two minute rest straight into the cleans and pistols and i think she called them like a, a lolly that was what they call in australia but it's kind of like mm -hmm. a sugar packet or some sort of like sucker where it's like you have some quick carbs or quick sugars into yeah. your body um, to be able to go into that next workout. So again, it all depends on the time frame that you have. Um, and obviously like multiple days versus one day. And like you say, so it's one thing to have a physical toll on your body, you know what I'm saying? You can push through, but what about the mental, how do you mentally prepare to do something like that? You know, it's a lot of us like to think we're CrossFit greats in our own box in our own gym. We have, you know, we're in our comfort zone competing against people we know on a daily basis. When you get out to the games, you're competing against, the best from around the world you competing against people from around the world like just mm -hmm. cheering how is that do you feed off the crowd do you black them out how do you mentally get engaged how do you stay mentally engaged for something like that yeah the mental aspect i think is really important for me the crowd and the energy like hearing people cheer in the stands and that kind of i mean gives me a little bit of goosebumps right now <laughs> but that that can be so powerful and can help you get a lift or can help you finish a little bit faster or magically make you feel like you can run a little faster whatever it might be but i i really feel like the community and the the people around you gives that extra boost and it's almost um just very energetic and i think it's really important to no matter how many events or how many days of competition you have it's like not too high not too low and that's been kind of a mantra that i've had through training and through life and even goes into business as well it's like you want to celebrate the successes you have but you don't want to get so excited and so pumped up where you put all that energy, you yell and you scream, and then you just have this energy dump that you have to go do another workout right after. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously, if a workout doesn't go the way you want or a performance doesn't go the way you expected, you can think about it. You can analyze, all right, how can I do better? Or how what I could what could I have done to be more efficient or effective in what I was trying to achieve? But then let it go, move on to the next because you have something else that requires your mm -hmm. attention and mental fortitude. And I think mental strength 
definitely plays a part into it. Obviously, if you don't have the strength to do something, then you can't just like, all right, I want to, I want to deadlift six hundred pounds. I'm not. Yeah, sure you can't do. Yeah, yeah. I need to have <laughs> physical capacity. But if you're like, man, I really don't want to do this. Like, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be crappy. This is going to be shitty. You're already setting yourself up for failure because you're telling yourself that. So I think that has a big transfer to what you physically can or cannot do. So in that same vein, I'll ask this question. What was your toughest event that was like you really had to, for lack of a better term, gas yourself up to like really get out there and perform? Where you knew like, hey, this is my worst event. This is my worst movement. How do you mentally prep knowing into it that you're not going to do as good as you would like to do in a workout like that? Yeah, I think um, one of the, I mean, one, I have to tell myself like, you know, think positive expectations like what do I want to achieve versus the man this is going to suck or I don't know how many I'm going to get and I think that again like I said bleeds a lot into how you perform and I know one of the workouts that I had um, that I kind of struggled with was back in 2015 in regionals um we were in Texas and it was that workout with row calories chest bar pull-ups and strict deficit handstand push-ups yeah. mentally but when that workout was released I was like I'm not going back to the games because yeah. my strict like one of my hardest movements strict deficit handstand push-ups are just a challenge for me, no matter how much I trained them, no matter, no matter how much I did. And I think that was a point where I was like, okay, like, I can't have that attitude. I can't have that outlook. But at the same time, I need to be realistic. Like I'm not going to, I may not finish this workout. I may not get through a round. And when I did it in practice, I think the first time I got like one round plus a couple calories. And I was like, this is, excuse my language, but this is fucking terrible. <laughs> but I was like, I'm not good. Like that's, I mean, I'm going to be out of contention with that. And then granted over the, over the week and a half, I think that we had, did it multiple times. I think I ended up getting like two rounds and then three rounds. And then come competition day, I was able to get through all five rounds, almost finished that fifth round of Sir Kansan push. Yeah. I think I got like one or two reps, but huge drastic outcome. And I think, you know, what I told myself and how I, what I kind of prepared myself and also the availability of training for a week and a half, knowing what I was going to get into was the changing or at least the piece of factor that was going to change how I did or the outcome of that. And it could have been something that said, all right, that could have kept me out of the games, but if I didn't let, let it happen, but at the same time, I had to go in there with an attitude, like I'm going to go and dominate it. So I think that was one of the workouts that was definitely one endearing during the workout that I had to kind of let it go. Uh, and I've had plenty of others with similar movements <laughs> again, like 2014 with a push pull event, strict handstand pushups deficit with pulling a sled. I was like, man, can I have more sled weight to pull? <laughs> yeah. But again, it's a, uh, it's something that you have to like not let it get to you because it will tear you down. And it kind of goes along with what you were saying. It's a process. You can't just jump into something and expect you're going to be great. You have to practice, practice and build your confidence. As you build your confidence, you'll do better at it. So it just goes on. Like you say, with the winemaker, you have to just totally. put the work into it, put the work into it and get the job done. So. So we're, we're, we're talking about the mental aspect of going into these uh, workouts that you know is probably going to be pretty horrible. Um, how do you think those people felt today? All those athletes felt today whenever Dave announced that last workout. <laughs> I, I mean, kind of all, like element of surprise, but at the same time, I think they've been training for that. So you like, no matter what comes out, like, you know, it's going to be gnarly. You know, it's going to be the games where, I mean, Dave, uh, Dave I love him with what he's done over the years with the level of athletes, like he's pushed us to the point where it's like, what can you do next? Like here's the next challenge. And I think of 2013 to 2014, 2013, that event at the games where we had to do legless rope climbs and thrusters, barely 
I mean, a handful, if any athletes could get through that or do that yeah. for the next year, everyone was doing legless rope climbing. Mm-hmm. In 2014, that was that legless rope climb and run event at regionals. Yeah. And so I think he pushes that level. And so I think the athletes, as much as they might be like, oh man, like shit, that's, <laughs> but like whatever's going to come out, they know they'll be capable of it. And so it's going to, it's going to push that threshold and allow you to say, Hey, like, what am I capable of? And it goes back to like, our bodies are capable of a lot more than what we yes. need credit to. Again, adaptation obviously plays a part in that and being able to be prepared plays a part in that. And so the ladies and men that were there have done a lot to be able to get to the point where like, all right, we can oh, yeah. do this. I'm sorry. I would have punched Dave if I would have had to, if I would have ran, <laughs> if I would have ran, ran three miles and then I get to the finish line after this, because you know, if you run any race, I ran a marathon. When you get to that finish line, it's like, okay, I'm gassing out. I'm yeah. done. You mentally just let it all out. And then for somebody to tell you not return, I text oh, that. Like, you're talking about dude. that workout yesterday. I told that text. I said, man, this dude is a, you know what for doing this. <laughs> that person actually pointed the finger at him. He was like, nah, you got to keep going. Like yeah. what do you do at that point as an athlete? <laughs> like, I mean, that's that's tough. It is, and that that I mean, the mental. I mean, obviously having the physical capacity, but it's like that dump, not too high, not too low. You get across that finish line, and you're like, I'm done. And you're like, you're done, yeah. And that's something that Alex and I talked about over the years. It's like, is there going to be a time where Dave's going to wake us up at like two in the morning and we're going to go do something? And I was like, man. That would not be my jam because I one I, I love my sleep and two yeah. <laughs> it would I don't ever do that I don't train or wake up at two o'clock in the morning to do something <laughs> randomly but that came in was it two thousand oh man I'm thinking sixteen uh, when so it, wait, everybody, yeah, I think whenever it was, they everybody got put them all on the plane yeah, yeah yeah we all went on that plane and we went up to uh, Aromas mm-hmm. and I mean I, yeah I think that was two thousand sixteen because we were that was the last year we were in California and. It's like, cool, man, at six o'clock the night before, like, go to bed because uh, we're waking up at three o'clock. And you're like, here it comes. And I thought we were <laughs> uh, Camp Pendleton. I was like, oh, we're for sure going to Camp Pendleton. Like, why would we get up that early in the morning to drive up there? And then I was like, cool, you only have one bag. I was like, oh, we're flying. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. So back, back a little bit, you mentioned that your husband, is he still your coach and still – uh yeah, I mean, right now I'm not necessarily training for anything specific. Okay. Um, but yeah, we'll still talk about training and kind of goals and what we're looking towards. Um, so, we'll, I mean, I do a lot of uh, classes here at a local gym, local CrossFit okay. here, and I'll continue to do that. But then we'll do a little bit of like lifting or accessory work afterwards. So it's 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 kind of nice to not have such a, like a regimented plan when I had that for so many years. Um, but I also like routine too. So it's like cool. I'm going to go to the gym at this time. I'm going to be there for so yeah. many hours versus. Uh, maybe we'll go there in the morning. Maybe I'll go there in the afternoon. And I think especially with the business, once I sit down at the computer to do emails um, or events or orders, whatever it might be, marketing, anything online, I'm usually at that computer for a good number of hours. So I'm like, all right, I need to get my fitness in in the morning. Uh, yeah. Try to get training in. So if not, then it's very hard to do later in the day just because the list of things that I have usually gets extended or things come up last minute. Um, so I have to make sure that a schedule and a routine is something that um, serves me well. Do you, do you uh, coach anymore? Um, from time to time, yeah, I'll do guest coaching. We do a lot of like educational wine and yoga nights where we'll do yoga mm-hmm. and wine, obviously wine tastings. Uh, we <laughs> pair those two together. We've done like coaching, like workouts and wine, but those don't go as well as the yoga and wine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I feel like I need some food in my stomach before I go drink some workout. wine. So how does, <laughs> how does workout and wine go? 
So we'll do like a lot of wine. So we'll do like a workout. I'll coach the workout. We'll do it, whatever it might be, whatever, either something that I've curated or the, if um, the local affiliate or class already has something planned, they'll coach that. And then afterwards we'll do a wine tasting. Uh, again, kind of the whole message our work hard, wind down. And so having that balance has been great. We've done a handful of those, um, good handful of those over the years. But the yoga and wine has been more, um, I think people enjoy that a little bit more because it's a little more relaxing. Plus, I think the amount of time that people spend on yoga and mobility or flexibility is a lot less than actually training or working out or um, doing lifting. <laughs> yeah, we know all about that. So just so yoga and wine. Yeah, going on right there. So sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's been awesome. We're definitely looking, obviously, to do more. There's been a damper this past year just because with everything the shutdown and the restrictions, but things are slowly starting to open up, so we can hopefully do more. Um, and I love getting to travel and meet other people and meet other communities, um, and just be able to share our philosophy and share our lifestyle. So speaking of COVID, how has life been for you in COVID, adapting to these new, these new things that we have to live with now? Yeah, so uh, it was in it, in the beginning, it was like we weren't sure, like, all right, how long are we going to shut down? How long can we not do events? Everybody thought um, it was two weeks at the most. Yeah, two we weeks. thought it was like, all right, cool. I was like, well, we some events that we had planned, we had to cancel and set back. Um, and it was we actually in the beginning of like we've done on like fitness on the go workouts, we've done a lot of home workouts over the years, but we put a big precedence in January actually just being able to bring fitness to people that maybe don't have a gym or too timid to go to the gym. And so we wanted to bring them the availability to do workouts in your garage gym or in your living room. And so we did a six weeks challenge for that, prepping for that, doing videos. And that was really great. Um, took a little bit of a break because at that time I was actually, I had to leave and film for Titan games. So then once I came back, we were like, all right, we're going to recreate kind of the same thing. We'll start doing home fitness workouts. Then everything got shut down early. I'm like, all right. So then we decided to focus on putting out more home workouts. So it allowed us to be able to do more uh, videoing and more planning for people to be able to still have workouts. Since they couldn't go to the gym or gyms were closed, um, you had to stay home. You weren't allowed to go out. And so we really wanted to make sure to be able to provide value and content for individuals. And I think a lot of people are kind of doing the same thing. So just to be able to do another batch of workouts, another whole program behind that and continuing to do that was something that was good. It kept us busy. Uh, just put a little damper on the in-person events, which was hard, but we really focused on trying to, you know, being able to say, Hey, you can't get to the store. Maybe you can come online, get your wine online, have it come to you. Um, since you're not, you're limited on where you can go. And that's what I think is the one bright spot about this whole COVID thing is taught us how to engage with people in a different manner, in a more creative manner. So if you like you say, you're a business person, you're a fitness person, the people who succeeded in this whole stream on this season of COVID was the ones who were creative, who thought outside the box, who sought different ways to get out and reach the people and not just sit back and be like, oh, well, I guess I can't work out. I guess I have to close my gym. And it just, you know, it just helps your business going forward in the long run next year, hopefully when everything opens back up again. And, you know, just continue that engagement with folks. You can reach more people that way as well, too. So, mm -hmm. real cool. There are a lot more online platforms. Uh, we did a lot of all the videos we did, we put on YouTube so people could access for free um, and just kind of be there to be able to answer people's questions or be able to provide something to them. Because, again, I think a lot of people that have struggled with either depression or anxiety, you now are in a place where you're isolated. And I know for myself, like I love interacting with people. I love having mm -hmm. that interaction. And so not being able to have that, I was like, I kind of went stir crazy a little bit. I was like, I want to see people. Like I love that energy. And I think that's something that as a generation, 
the younger, I think I'm hoping that they'll still be able to have that. They'll have that in-person interaction where a lot of stuff's online. I don't have any kids, but I have a lot of friends that have kids. I have friends that are teachers and the amount of online coaching that they're doing, like bless their hearts and all the time and bless the parents that are out there. That are, yes. Yeah, I mean, bless everyone that's doing that just cause it's, I can only imagine that everything that goes into it, but I think, um, I'm hoping that once we can do more in-person stuff, people will be able to have those relationships or be able to have that interaction with people. Um, but like you said, you have to be creative. You have to figure out a way, like how can I still reach out and connect to people? Maybe it's not the most ideal way, but it's better than nothing. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So is, is this where your um, earn, earn your grapes um, system has come from? Most definitely. Yeah. So our whole, our whole message within the wine business, our wine business and company has been, you know, work hard, wind down. Um, and within that, the earn your grapes was like, Hey, cause people would ask me like, Oh, well, since it's your wine, is it, is it healthier? Does it have sugar? <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not healthier. And, and most red wine doesn't have much sugar um, because the fermentation process kind of cancels it out, turns into alcohol. But our whole message is that you, you work to earn those grapes and that you must put some sort of time in. It doesn't have to be a very uh, strenuous or intensive workout. It could be walking. It could be hiking. It could be going for a jog, whatever it might be. But the whole mentality is having that balance in life. Cause I think a lot of people get to the point where it's like, it's all or nothing. And I had that mentality at one point in my life and it didn't necessarily serve me well. So I've had to learn kind of over the time, like, what do I do that's best for myself, but how can I help others that maybe are struggling that staying mentality like oh it's all or nothing if i don't go crazy hard and work out and sweat all over the world then i'm not really Didn't getting anything right. yeah exactly so that's yeah, where like come from that's a very i like it's a very uh it's a very creative name earn your grapes yeah. so, maybe <laughs> i could you. can i earn a beer is it the exactly same? yeah earn your beer <laughs> earn, your, earn your hops is it the same exactly. that is same I like that. that's catchy earn your hops same concept so totally <clears throat> Thinking about CrossFit, uh, like you said, you got back in, got into CrossFit back in personal training back in 2011, and now being at its 2020, it's almost a decade in this whole CrossFit realm. Not just CrossFit, but CrossFit, functional fitness, you know, and have different variations that branched off that's not necessarily CrossFit, but the functional fitness type of workouts. How have you seen the industry change fitness-wise? Do you see more incorporation in the functional style? workouts crossfit style workouts and personal training is that more an acceptable thing i think um it's definitely evolved i think it was very in the beginning before i found crossroad and when i found it it was very i want to say maybe more grassroots or underground there are not many people heard of it i think a lot more now people have heard of it they're a little more aware of it um and i think i mean you look at like hit training in general a lot of people, I mean, before I found CrossFit, I would do kind of like circuit training, like a little bit of that in, you know, minute stations here and there. And I think some people have incorporated that into their training or in, in terms of how they're training in the individuals. And I think it's great. Having a variety of training is really important. Um, and I've come across a lot of walks of life in terms of how they train, especially through the Titan Games. I got to meet a lot of different individuals that didn't CrossFit, but they did powerlifting or they did um maybe more strongman training. It was just, it kind of, for my eyes, like I love learning about different modalities. And I think a lot of people mm -hmm. like to incorporate something where maybe it gets their heart rate up, makes them sweat a little bit. And I think that's something people have integrated into their training. I have talked to some people and I have some friends that are like, I hate sweating. I don't want to sweat at all. Like, I just want to go lift my weights and that's it. Like I want to like go do this and that. And I'm like, that's totally fine, man. As long as you're moving, like if you want to carry some yeah. five pound dumbbells and go for a walk around the block, 
like do it like hallelujah make sure that you are moving because i think a lot more people are sitting on the couch and not moving or sitting at the computer especially now with all the virtual um and zoom calls and everything that's going on like that's great that we're connecting but now people are sitting for a lot longer periods of time and i think movement is huge so to kind of circle back to what your original question is i think people are incorporating it um and i think it's getting people to change up what they maybe did before and having that expand their bubble out a little bit which i think is important Cool. Yeah, because like you said, I've done personal training. I do the CrossFit style stuff, and it's just and the number one the number one excuse I get from people to not want to try functional fitness CrossFit is it's too intense. Yeah, everybody get it's too intense. So you almost have to like spoon feed and de-intensify it to get people into it. And then you say help build that taste for it. So yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down to education too. Educating yeah. individuals, it's like man, like oh, like what you did was so hard, I could never do that. And it's like wait a second, let's my experience yeah. and my training is different than yours. So it's like what you did was very intense. Like you might've not done the same rep scheme or the same weight, but what you are doing is relative to the level to you have. Yeah. Exactly. And I think education is huge and communicating. I think a lot of people, and I've learned this over the past few years is you think you communicate, but it's like, we can always do a better job of communicating. We can also sit down and have a conversation about it and say, Hey, like, what do you not understand or what would you like to learn more of? of like, Hey, like you're not going to be going and like throwing 300 pounds overhead. Like what you see on TV is definitely different than what you're doing in the gym, but just being able to communicate and educate them say, Hey, we're looking just to get your heart rate up a little bit, maybe a little outside of that comfort zone and yeah. then we'll bring you back down. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very, it's very interesting when people start CrossFit. It's that one thing I had to learn myself as a trainer is you can't make, you can't, put somebody so hard through a workout where they enjoy it, but then they so afraid to come back. Yeah. You have you have to baby step them. Even if the baby, and like you say, you have to stop, debrief, be able to be very observant as the coach. If you see somebody struggling, you know, uh, change it right then and there. Don't make them struggle through it if they don't have to. Because yeah. the biggest thing is you want those people coming back to improve their lifestyle. Definitely. So. And it's all about creating those lifestyle habits. And I think for some people, I mean, for myself, like I went to a workout with snatches and burpees and I, I loved it. But again, my mentality, I think, is a lot different than individuals. Yeah. Like, you go in there and they're like trying to learn how to snatch and they've never lifted a barbell. They're probably going to be like, man, that wasn't really cool. I, I didn't really like that. They may never come back. So it's, again, just finding something that piques their interest or that challenges them. But again, it wants them, they want to come back for more after that. Yeah. You know, I tell people all the time, or not all the time, I tell this story a lot about uh, whenever I first started CrossFit, because, you know, through the years, I, I try to get people, you know, to come to the gym, you know, come try it out, and all the friends I have, you know, all the people I work with and stuff, they're like, nah, man, you're freaking crazy, I don't, I don't know why you're doing that, but, you know, I tell people, especially like the new people that come in the gym all the time, uh, and they see, they come walking in, and, you know, you can always pick them out. You know, they get the big eyes and they see everybody and all the people with their shirts off and all that, you know, and they, <laughs> they just kind of walk around. And, but I tell them all the time, you know, that um, when I first started this, I couldn't hardly run around the block. You know, I couldn't hardly, I couldn't run. Yeah. I was in horrible shape. My very first workout I ever did, just like you were saying earlier, um, I was really contemplating I can I can so vividly remember uh, me asking myself, Thad, is this what you want to do? Like in the <laughs> middle of the workout, <laughs> it had four had a four hundred meter run in it. I'm running I'm running four hundred meters and um, just totally just trying to talk myself into either quitting or just going into this all head first. So here I am, ten years later. 
still knee deep in CrossFit. Right. So still knee deep in it. But First off, that speaking every, of no shirt, so Thad takes his shirt off as soon as he gets out the truck. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never seen, I've never seen Thad work out with a shirt on ever. Shirts are overrated. <laughs> so speaking of so I guess we're moving on, you know, speaking of the Titan games, how how much fun was that during the Titan games? It was an absolute blast. I had a I had a great time. It was definitely a different experience. Um, the priority obviously was a show, a TV show, and then the competition obviously underneath that. But it was just it was different, and the amount of people that I met was incredible. Like there might have been some chances that I would have crossed paths with some individuals because there's some that did CrossFit as their training methodology, but mm -hmm. there were some people that I probably would have never met, and I actually knew two of the people beforehand. Um, but there, I'm like, man, I try to think like how I would have crossed paths with these people and. I can't think of anything that would have led us to the same place. And so being able to be a part of that and meet so many great individuals with good hearts, good souls was phenomenal. And we actually, a group of us met up uh, last weekend in Nashville. Um, we okay. still keep in touch. We have like a group that we'll keep in touch with um, and just stay involved with. And I think it was a, it was a really great opportunity just to try something new and expand, um, expand like what I, what I've, what I say, what I can say that I've done in life. Yeah. How did the opportunity come about? Like, how did you even, how did you even fall? Did it just fall in your lab? Or was it something you just yeah. looked at? <laughs> no. um, so I'd actually, I'd found out, I, I've always watched American Ninja Warrior. I'm like, oh, like, that'd be kind of fun to try. And Alex was like, mm -hmm. hey, would you ever want to like train for that or do that? I was like, totally. Like, why not? Right? Like, why not give it a try? Like, and so I think it was end of 2018. Um, they'd actually reached out to me. And like, they, I think they found their information somehow. They were like, hey, you know, would you want to apply for American Ninja Warrior? I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome. I was like, never done this before so i applied for it. you had to do like a video submission um an interview application and set everything in and then it was i want to say it was like a three to four month process and then i got selected and got to actually go and compete um in la in i want to say march of 2009 or sorry 2019 excuse me like end of march and so that was an obviously amazing opportunity um did that and then it was the same casting team that did american ninja warrior that was doing the titan games and mm -hmm. so when I got back from that, I remember watching the Titan games. I was like, man, that'd be really cool. I feel like that's a little bit up more in my alleyway. I mean, yeah, um, yeah I'm, a, I'm a little heavier for uh, the ninja, but it was, I love ninja. I love the awareness that you have in space with training that stuff. So I was like, all right, I think, ten, nin, um, excuse me, Titan games would be a little more on my alleyway. So I kept it on kind of my thought process maybe in the future. And then the team later that year actually reached out to me like, hey, you know, we think it'd be a great opportunity for you to compete or like apply to compete to be on the show i was like heck yeah so same thing <laughs> application did a video um took again like i want to say three to four month process from like september to like december and then in early january they let me know that i was selected for like the preliminaries like uh they did a i want to say it was 36 women 36 men um for the for like the preliminaries in la so that was really cool cool yeah. Well, for the record, I was I was rooting for you over Danny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was so cool. Awesome. Yeah, it was, it was rad. I think uh, at the preliminaries, I actually saw Matt Chadman. I was like, oh, shit, what are you doing here? It was, I was, <laughs> and happened through CrossFit and competing. So Matt's awesome. Tree's amazing. So oh, yeah. I to see people that you already knew. That was really cool. Um, and then being selected to continue on, I was like, man, like this was really, I was blessed to be a part of it. And DJ and the entire team and everyone that worked behind that, like they busted their butt and it was really cool to be a part of it 
the filming all took place in Atlanta, different than the previous year. And so it was a whole kind of new ballpark. So you had different individuals working with, but the makeup artists, the hair, Silas, um, all the like assistant producers, everyone was incredible. And so I just, I'm really glad I had that, that opportunity. <laughs> Not always yeah. you have that chance. And I was like, man, like, you better like like they say like grab it by the horns and take it. So oh, yeah, you have to jump on every opportunity. You got to jump on it. So you actually did y'all makeup before y'all went on and did the mm -hmm. uh, did it. Yep. So hair makeup, but again like a TV show. So a lot of it we spent like three and a half weeks filming. Um, it was like end of January through middle of February. And again, like this all I mean time frame wise, like we got really lucky because if that would have happened yeah. later, like. It would have been the past postponed. I mean, if it was like in March or April, it would have been definitely postponed. So, oh, so you got it done right before, so before all the whole COVID thing, right? So, uh, yeah. the rocks, the rocks, pretty cool or what? Yeah, he's super cool. He, uh, we had to have a little bit of interaction on the show. Um, it was tough because he was on set filming for a movie at the same time, so the interaction was pretty minimal. It was usually when we were competing or after competing, but being able to talk to him a little bit about just the experience. Um, my sister a little bit, his dad had passed away in January. And so mm. kind of being able to relate in that aspect was, um, was something that I don't think a lot of, I mean, not that you want anyone to experience that, but yeah. at some point, connection. Know, yeah. yeah, we had a connection. So it was good to talk about that. And hopefully sometime in the future, we'll have some wine and tequila together. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't get to challenge him to a lift off. No, no lift off then, but maybe in the future. Okay. Ooh, ooh. So you are you uh, would you do the Titan Games again if the opportunity came up or? I, I think I would. Yeah, if the opportunity presented itself again, I would. I was uh, I was I definitely was blessed to be selected for that. And I, I think in life things happen or don't happen for a reason. So if the opportunity arises, say, hey, we'd love to have you back. I was like, all right, cool, another another chance to go back and try something different. I would totally take it. All right. Anything else you got down the line? What are some fitness? Some of your fitness goals or challenges you want to put yourself through. Yeah, there's. I don't have anything specifically that I'm training for at the moment. Um, I would love to do a marathon. I know you said you did one. I've done some half marathons, and people are like, "You're crazy." I'm like, "But I've never done it," so I'm like, "Why not?" Um, I'd love to maybe do like a powerlifting meet or strongman competition. Um, I'm not. I'm not really sure specifically of what I want to do, but I know there's things that I'd like to challenge myself physically just to say I've done them. Well, once you do an Ironman, you don't have a taste for it. No, yeah. I, mean, so I did no, a, I did a, a full marathon. So I was, yeah. I was sitting in church and my buddy texts me and he was like, hey, man, I'm thinking about doing some crazy fitness stuff. I said, like, oh, cool, man. We could do a CrossFit competition. So <laughs> he said, last time I've been doing Ironman next year, I was like, mm, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to swim. I never swam a day in my life before until this summer. So we did. So we, we trained for a game. We did a marathon. I'm not doing an Ironman because I didn't. COVID messed up my whole swimming stuff. But he's actually we're going down to Florida next week, and I'm going to help him out with his uh, Ironman. And I'm doing more than that. For you. Yeah, but right. I do, and I still do CrossFit every day. How many people do you know that signed that said agreed to sign up for a full Ironman and don't don't even know how to swim? <laughs> like, and that's that's ballsy, but very impressive, man. That's very impressive. I, I, go ahead. I'll say like the other day was my first time swimming a half a mile, and I just couldn't believe it. I'm talking about yeah. I literally when I get in the water, I literally sink to the bottom. My swim instructor was like, "I've never seen this a day in my life where you just don't even float back up to the top." But yeah. but it goes. It's the thing is like you say, people here say, "Oh, you're doing an Ironman, you're doing a marathon, you're competing in the CrossFit Games, you're doing this." But it's a pro. It took a year. To get to that point to be able to run yeah. 26 miles that's a lot I, I mean again like you just can't go from zero to 26 miles no, no. yeah it literally, it literally starts with one mile 
I will say, I know, I know people that's tried it. <laughs> oh yeah, ended up tearing his Achilles. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, yeah, a good buddy of mine, a good buddy of ours. He just went out there one weekend and was like, he's gonna do a marathon, and his tore all his legs up. Oh, oh man. So trust me, you have to do you have to do a marathon. Marathons are fun. It yeah, puts in, it puts you in that mental space to where you're like, hmm. that zone. That zone, like, is like literally my brother. My oldest brother met me at mile 19. I was like, I'm about to stop. I ain't got this in me no more. Because I literally sent him a message on my Apple Watch, be like, dog, come pick me up. <laughs> and, he, but I finished. and he found me through the he found me through like the mapping process. And he said, Come on, man, you got to do it. You got to do it. I said, All right, man, I guess I'll finish it up. So that's amazing. It's Super cool. cool. Well, at least you can say now you've done it. Yeah, and that's it. Iron Man, and I'll be done. I'll be back to normal, just trying to compete, trying to be a master's at CrossFit. So, yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. Oh, cool, cool. So, a marathon on the way. So, wine. Let's get to the wine. That's what. That's what. Yes. That's what everybody wants to know about the wine. How did you get? I know you. I know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but kind of give people a detail of what interests you in in actually into wine. Yeah. So Everybody likes to drink wine. Everybody likes to, you know, but drink it. <laughs> yeah, but no, but like to take the take it as a business and develop your own wine is like taking it to that next level. Yeah, I did something that I mean, I always, anytime I'd go back for harvest and be there for the harvest, I love just the process that it took. So you sit for maybe, or you're in the vines for four hours and you get through one row and you're like, damn, I'm here for how many more rows? Like, and that's something that. We would kind of track like in a way you kind of like, all right, how long is this going to take me to do a row? How long is it taking me to do two rows? And yeah. <laughs> there was one day that it took us like eight hours and we got through two rows. And you're like, oh, my God, we have <laughs> rows to go. Uh, and luckily, we had a lot of support from like the local community um, within the fitness realm, across the realm. And a lot of people, um, our farm, we actually started in Utah. And so a lot of people have that kind of stigma in Utah. We're like, oh, like, you know, wine from Utah no one wine from Utah. Something that we learned in the process was that in the 1860s, the Mormon church actually contracted a German winemaker to make wine for the church. And so they ended up taxing the wine, cigars, tobacco, all that. And that was infrastructure set up for the church. And so there's a history of the winemaking there. And they call it the Dixie wine era. And that was something that's really intriguing. I was like, man, like it's the climate's similar to Northern California, a little hotter during the summers. But again, I just I love the process that it took. And it's like when you look back during like down the row when you're finished, you're like, man, I just did all that hard work. Right. Like same thing when you do a workout, you're like I completed all those snatchers or I completed mm -hmm. all those deadlifts, whatever it might be. I just love that physical labor of it. And so Alex and I had a conversation, I think, after after 2015 games. And it's like, oh, man, I really want to win the games. And that, that year I finished ninth. And he's like, all right, well, what then? Like, what do you want to do then? I was like man, that's kind of a great question. I was like, well, how do I want to share my passion for fitness? How do I want to share my passion for wine? I was like, well, we talked kind of like ways to go about it and how we can in integrate it. And I was like, well, if we create a business, we start our own business and we start our own label and get that launch. That's where I can blend my two passions, fitness and the wine and say, Hey, like share my parallels that I see in the wine, share the parallels that I see in the fitness and in life in general. Um, I was like, in my mind and in our minds, when we discussed it, I was like, all right, cool, we can do this. Like, it shouldn't be that hard, right? Like, famous last words, anyone, yeah. <laughs> your own business. Be that hard? Yeah, we got this. Yeah, <laughs> we got this. No big deal, right? Yeah. It'll be fine. Um, but uh, 
that was in yeah, like 2015. So in 2016, we're thinking, all right, how are we going to do this? And so we kind of had a reverse engineer, like what would be the best way to do it? And licensing in Utah would take a long time. So we licensed in California and that took about five and a half to six months. And this was right after, after 2016 games. So we decided to kind of do it in increments. So the first increment was harvesting the grapes, loading up in a trailer, and then driving about nine to 10 hours to Paso Robles in California, dropping them off at a custom crush facility, doing the winemaking in California, and then we'd drive back. So long days, long hours, yeah. we'd probably get up at like two o'clock in the morning, have everything loaded up, hit the road by 2.30, drive, because it's, I mean, it's August, September in you know Nevada and Utah, so it's super hot, it's like 99 degrees at night. And so mm-hmm. we would have to drive during the nighttime to make sure that the grapes didn't start to ferment early. Oh, okay. We did that for the first couple of years. And as we were doing that, we're like, all right, we need to make sure that we're being able to do this physically, but also make sure we get the infrastructure set up to sell. So licensing was kind of the second stage after that. And this was all happening kind of 2016 into 2017. So training full time, having to make sure that I'm ready for regionals, getting prepared for that. And it's hard because when you're in the farm, you're doing all that work. You need to be right there and present. But when I'm in the gym, I'm like, man, I need to be doing all this stuff. I need to do all these paperwork. I need to get things submitted. But it's like I have to be there to be training. And so it was a lot of kind of back and forth, being present physically and mentally and getting that set up. So that was kind of a little bit of a tangent right there. Um, <laughs> but we did all that in 2016, 17, and 17. We decided to launch at the games when we were in Madison. And so – Ideally, if the games were back in California, it would have made it a little bit easier, but we were going to Madison. We needed to get a distributor for the state, get the wine in, be able to do a wine tasting. Um, But 2017 was definitely a crazy year competing and then launching the business and then having a booth at the games, doing a wine tasting at the the games. And so people like, how do you do it? And I think in my mindset, I was like, well, I didn't give myself an option to not do it. You just and did. So, yeah, I just did it. And again, it was, I mean, I didn't do as well as I wanted at the games. And I, I wanted to sell more wine and do bigger production. But I was like, all right, I'm starting a business. I have to be realistic. And I look back then, I think I just had such lofty goals. We had so many goals that we wanted to achieve that mm-hmm. it's like, we're just going to shoot for the stars and make sure that we get some somewhere close to that, you know? Yeah. So it was a, it was a lot, but again, to kind of sum up all the talking I just did. <laughs> no, no. Two passions of the fitness and wine was really important. And so figuring out how to do that and making sure like, all right, what do we need to do? And as a lot of it was grassroots effort and building it from the ground up, like took out a lot of loans, used up all my credit cards, whatever line of credit that I had, literally put everything into it. My husband took out his pension um, from being a nurse and we look, put it all into the business to get to where we're at now. And it's definitely trials and tribulations and still places that we're trying to grow and expand into. But it's like, we just like when I found CrossFit, I was like, I'm going to put everything into it. And it's like, if I don't succeed, then at least I gave it everything I got. So I can't say if I would have, should have, could have done this. And that's the, and that's the only way you can succeed if you put everything into it. Cause you never want to second guess it, man. But one thing that's cool about that story is the fact that, and no offense to anybody that does this. I don't think I'm offending anybody is that, you, you, it's, this is this is not just wine. If someone else is doing all the work, you're just putting your name on it. Like you actually do like all the legit leg work from picking the grapes, you know, transporting everything. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome, and it makes it more. It has that much more story behind it. You know what I'm saying? It's not just a product. Yeah. You just it's like you believe in this product. Your blood, sweat, and tears. Hundred percent. Huh? 
I said 100%. 100%. Like, your blood, sweat, and tears is 100% into this wine. So I am definitely need to uh, – my wife is a wine drinker. You know, she's a wine connoisseur, so I'm going to have to order her some. I see CC says she only has one bottle left. Yeah, so. my, my green screen uh, thing is messing with it. <laughs> but this That's is the awesome. one. It's uh, cheer, Cheers 10. Mm -hmm. Cheers 10, yeah. So that one is the one I dedicated to my sister. Her name was Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N. Okay. But when she was 11, she's like, I want to pronounce my name Cheerson because that's how you say it in Scandinavia. Yeah, so her name was Scandinavian and she had looked it up um, and saw what it, how it actually was pronounced over there. And so that was kind of a pivotal point where she was very full of sass, but that was what, that's what she wanted. And so we ended up pronouncing it Cheerson, but we actually took a story that a friend had shared online on Facebook after she had passed. And she, her friend described that story when they met and she said, you know, I'm Cheerson. And she took her like red solo cup and like cheers her. She's like, cheers. Him. <laughs> and so like, that, like that was a really cool story and just a way to kind of cool. express her name. So we use that spelling for the wine. And then the painting actually is uh, one of her last paintings that she did before she passed wow. away. It was called the purple tree. And so we dedicated it to her and kind of her honor and honor of her and her legacy. I mean, she was only 20 years old when she passed. So very short wow. life but we wanted to just be able to kind of create that and share that with people and um, kind of embody what she lived for. It's got chills. Wow. That's that. cool. That, that was, that was my endearing. next question. That's a very that was my next question. Yeah. Let me buy it. was about the label. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh we did some embossing on the label cause we wanted to kind of bring life to it. Um, she was a huge artist, very talented artist. Uh, there's a couple of paintings that I love to be able to do for future wines. Um, but she loved food. She loved art. She loved cooking. She loved wine. So I know if she was here now, she would, uh, she definitely would be involved in some sort or another, but, um, just being able to dedicate it to her and just kind of share my story and be open about it. Cause I think a lot of people have gone through an experience, whether it's, it's a way to deal with it. Yeah, yep, exactly. And just be able to say, Hey, like maybe sharing my story will help someone get through a tough time in their life, or we'll get through a point where maybe they're a sticking point. And they feel like they can't continue or they feel kind of lost. And hopefully I can at least impact someone um, out there. So yeah, what are your neat. different types of, uh, what are different types of wines that you have at your, uh, what are they at your vineyard you say? Or yeah. Wine? So yeah. So yeah. Vineyard uh, winery. So okay. we, we have three different types of wines. Uh, we started with a five. One of them is still kind of sitting aging. This is Infidel, but the three that we have are the goat, which is greatest of all time. And that's <laughs> the Syrah, Syrah, Granacha blend. So people that like heartier, strong wines, like a cab or a bold wine, like a Syrah, people will gravitate towards that one. It's been the most popular wine. And that's the one we actually got into distribution here in Vegas and in Colorado. Uh, the next one, Cheerson is more of a medium bodied wine. Uh, it's Petit Syrah, Petit Verdot, Syrah, and Garnacha. So has a little bit of tannins, but it's very smooth, easy to drink. Um, goes well with a lot of things. You can either drink it by itself or with like a charcuterie plate um, okay. or charcuterie board. Uh, it's definitely easy to drink uh, a bottle very quickly. <laughs> it down very smooth. Yeah, bottle, um, yeah. Yeah. And then our third one is Levin Neuron, which is winemaker in French. It is a more of a light-bodied wine, similar to a Pinot Noir. It's a Zinfandel and Carignano blend. Um, and that wine, I'll usually will chill it for a little bit um, and have it a little chilled. I mean, most people will store their red wines chilled and then eventually open it up. But the wine will will kind of change the flavors and the aromas will open up as you take it out um, of the fridge and let it open up. But that's where it's kind of nice because then you get to taste the different things and different, ta um, different smells um, and aromas in the wine. 
cool. So when you order the wine, can you get uh, like those three in a pack or how does, how yeah. does the ordering process work? So uh, when you go online to our website, you can check out, you can either do like one of each, they have like a taster's pack. So it's like one, uh, one bottle each, or you could do bigger packs, like three pack, six pack or 12 pack. If you want just one varietal, you can do the goat, Tiersen or Levin, you're on. Um, we, unfortunately, we aren't able to ship by the single bottle right now. Shipping is really expensive just because it's about like by the weight. Oh yeah. And so we try to eat most of the cost. We try to cover most of the cost of shipping. There is a small shipping fee there. Um, but well, that's what we'll usually typically do the three pack uh, of the wines. Yeah. Can't wait to give me some of that wine. I'm not a wine drinker. I'm, I'm trying to find, you know, that wine that I like to taste. And I yeah. like, yeah, I think my wife would enjoy the, uh, the second one. She likes yeah. that. Like that. That sounds like right up her alley. So. Yeah. So for a lot of people that are more experienced, they tend to gravitate towards Cheers and the Goat. Uh, for people that are relatively new to wine drinking, or maybe they don't drink much wine, or they like whites, why well, I usually say, hey, like start with a lighter wine, Levin Yaron, which is a lot lighter than the Goat, and it allows you to kind of sample it and taste it to see again, in, enjoy the palate and see what it tastes on your tongue. Um, and the only way I know this sounds kind of funny, but the only way to really figure out what you like and what you don't like is to drink more. Not saying <laughs> crush a bottle um, yeah. and like taste more wines. I love personally tasting new wines and different wines because it allows me to taste different bridles. Um, and again, there's so much wine out there that you could go to the store and you could probably buy every different wine every single time. So you'd have, yeah, it gets, it gets overwhelming sometimes. It is. And a lot of people base their, their decision off of like the label. And that was something we put a big emphasis was, was when we got into the wine industry, I'm like, all right, well, there's a lot of different wines out there. Uh, we don't have a tons of money to put into marketing or a huge budget to mm -hmm. allocate towards that. So we had to be really creative and innovative to say, Hey, how can we bring people to our wine? So we did really unique labels, made sure each story or each wine had a story behind it. Um, so people can connect to it. But that's true though. Like I'm a sucker for labels and I'm a sucker for stories. So like, it's like it make, yeah. because it makes that gives you that connection to what you're drinking and gives you more brought into the process. So definitely. Oh, cool. So just so that people know again, what's the uh website that they can go to order your uh order the wine? Uh, Thegoatwine.com. Thegoatwine.com. Yeah, people go by thegoatwine.com. I'm gonna tell Cece I'm coming steal her bottle. Me and Naomi. Can <laughs> that's awesome. You better, you better put some boxing gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> So that's real cool. So you have any other business ventures uh, out there? Is it just mainly focusing on the wine right now at this point? Yeah, focusing on that. There's a lot we want to do with blending the fitness and the wine together and our work hard wine down message. Um, there's a lot of things that we want to do in terms of bringing other entrepreneurs, other uh, leaders and other females down. We'd love to be able to showcase other individuals out there with their story, um, how they work hard, how they wind down. Um, how they've kind of gotten to where they're at. I have a lot of other women out there that I've came across, whether it's through Titan Games, through Las Vegas, that I love to be able to share their stories. Um, that takes a little bit of, again, more resources and capital, but that's something we'd love to be able to create and bring down. Um, we'd love to eventually have a tasting spot in Vegas where we can do a kind of a combination of wine and combination of um, talk show in a way. Um, <laughs> that's what we're working for in the near future. Um, obviously with COVID and everything that's been going on, a lot of restrictions, a lot of limitations have been placed along with that, being able to have that happen. So work, I'm hoping for like 2021 or 2022. Cool. 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 Sounds yeah. good. Sounds good. So, um, we're talking about all these, these wine tastings and things that, uh, that you put together. I've got to ask you, I had no idea Dan Bailey could play the guitar like that. Right. <laughs> I watched <laughs> I forget what that was. I, uh, it was some wine tasting you put together and, mm -hmm. and invited him to come play the guitar. I was pretty impressed. 
Yeah. Cool. yeah. That was, I think, last April 2019. Uh, he came down, hung out, did some training out here. And uh, we were like, hey, well, we have a wine event. You know, we'd love for you to play the guitar. And he's like, no. And Dan is <laughs> awesome, uh, very humble individual. And he's like, no, I, I'm not that good of a player. I'm like, yeah, you are. And so we ended up doing a little video and sharing it. And people were like, oh, my God, Dan plays the guitar? People were like, really cool. Yeah, really cool. And I'm like, how do people not know you don't, like, you play the guitar? Like, this is amazing. So he's put a little more out there uh, recently. And I'm like, you just, like, be confident. And I think it's hard because he's a very humble individual. And I think yeah. with anything – um, you again, like you're like, all right, you know, maybe a little timid and shy, but I'm like, the only way you're going to get better, the only way you're going to do it is by putting it out there. Um, so yeah, it's a, uh, he's awesome. Good person. And I love being around yeah. him. Yeah. yeah he, cool I can tell, man, he would be somebody I'd like to hang out with. Yeah. Super <laughs> cool. Super fun. 100% agree. All right, so we come on and run it up against our time cap as much as I would enjoy to continue. So we're gonna do a couple of a uh, couple of rapid fire questions, about a minute on each. We got a couple of questions from Giannis. Let's see. The first one is: What's the average competing uh, competing lifespan of a CrossFit athlete? That's a great question. I think it's uh, definitely dependent on goals and how long you're trying to train. I think also the age that you are. Um, I, mean, I would say anywhere from. I want to say two to five years, but it, it's tough because I've known some individuals that I competed with the games and not that the games is the, the standard of a CrossFit athlete, but if that's your goal that you're trying to get to, I've seen people that have returned numerous years over and over. So it, it's really hard. I mean, I know I say two to five years, but like then you have athletes that have been around for like more, way longer than that. Right. Then you have yeah. like maybe a year and then they're finished. Um, so I think it just depends on the goal and what you're getting pulled towards in life. Ooh, cool. Great question though. Yeah. All right. What is your main inspiration for staying fit? Ooh, that's a great question. I would say to make sure I can run away from the zombies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, zombie um, apocalypse is real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After this year, exactly. Uh, I think a lot, just longevity, being able to be physically fit so that I can move when I get into my 50s and 60s. Um, I want to be active for myself, but also to be able to go hiking and do things that maybe I typically don't do. Um, and I think just longevity of like being healthy. I mean, I know that people talk about like the fountain of youth, like what is it? And I think taking care of your body and like what you put inside your body is very important. Um, and my goal is just to be able to see, you know, how healthy and how long can I be around? So don't, uh, don't talk like 50, 50 year olds or old or nothing like that. I'm not saying 50s old. I want to say 80s old. Like, I mean, my grandma right now, she's 98. I'm like, I still love to be around when I'm 98. And I think, again, a lot of it comes down to just healthy, active lifestyles. Um, and flexibility is something that I think a lot of people don't, I think I talked this, about this a little earlier, but flexibility and like mobility is very important. I think a lot of people don't put enough precedence on that. And I think if you get older, you get to like less range of motion, that's where we become limiting. So there's some flexibility <laughs> for everyone, yeah. myself. Yeah. All right, here goes one. What keeps you motivated and consistent? Ooh, What's your main question. motivation? I would say main motivation, um, I mean, kind of overall, not only in fitness, but in life. Uh, my sister has been a big inspiration to me. Um, she was someone that lived life to its fullest. And since her passing, I think that's something where I was like, all right, she would take the most of every opportunity. And I want to make sure I kind of honor her in life since she's not here. And so I make sure that I kind of do it for her and for people that I that are no longer around here and that physically with us, but maybe they may be with us in spirit. 
Cool. Cool. I always keep the people, always keep the lost ones in our minds and in our thoughts and prayers. So. Look, look at Tracy's question up there. There you go. Uh, yeah. Do, uh, do you follow any specific nutrition programs? So nutrition programs, I've usually followed um, kind of like just with like my macros, similar to like the zone where it's like the 40, 30, 30. Um, right now I've been doing a transformation with first form. Um, and a big thing there is accountability with nutrition. I was huge into writing down my food when I was competing now not so much i'm not writing down as consistent but this transformation we've been on this past like two weeks i've been more accountable but for myself i have found that following like a 40 percent 30 percent 30 percent plan has been most efficient for myself um and i highly recommend depending for again everyone's different but the biggest thing is kind of being accountable and writing down what you're physically doing or what you're doing for nutrition because you think you're eating certain things or just doing certain <laughs> things. And then you actually write down, you're like, well, not as what I thought it was. Yeah. So I think, um, I think uh, for myself, that's what would be the closest to that, the zone. Okay. I've been, I think I've, uh, that's the first thing I learned zone at a Christmas Abbott seminar back in 2012. And I just been, it's like mentally programmed in my head. Yeah. Now. So. Yeah. And right. nutrition is different for everyone. So find yeah. what works for you. All right, last question. What advice would you give someone who is just starting their fitness journey and had an issue with stay uh, with staying working out? So I would say uh, biggest things is being patient with yourself, um, creating a routine. So whatever that is, whether it's the morning, afternoon, evening, um, and if it's an issue with consistency in terms of training or like working out or going to the gym, maybe create a window where you're just walking every single morning. That could be five to ten minutes of walking. Um, but creating a routine where it allows you to get moving. And I think a lot of people think I have to go, like we talked about earlier, we have to go to the gym. I have to have this intense working out. It doesn't have to be starting by five to 10 minutes of walking and then increase that. That will allow you to kind of get in the mindset. It'll get you moving, burn some calories, allows you to think and also sets a good intention for the day. Um, and journaling. That's another thing. Journaling is great to express your thoughts. No, my friend, that's my friend, Ashley. She's going to kill me for saying this, but she, for the past two months, we've been like in this fitness challenge where we do like 50 miles a month or whatever, biking or, uh, that's amazing. Biking or running. And she kills like every day is like 10, 15 miles on Peloton. Oh, they do like, Hunter's just to do like a hundred miles, a hundred miles a month, just riding their bikes on Peloton. So it's, I just wow. wanted to give her a big shout out for that. She's going to kill me for doing that, but. Well, yeah, that's amazing. I think people, Again, what she's accomplishing is incredible. And I think it's hard too because like we put um these expectations on ourselves. I have done it all the time a lot in business and life, but she should be super proud of what she's accomplished. Um and I think a lot of things as you go along in your life, like give yourself those small wins and celebrate those because it's again it's a process yeah. spending so much more time in that process. That's a good one. Give yourself those small enjoy those small, enjoy yeah. that one pound that you lose and make the most out of exactly. it. Exactly. Celebrate, Celebrate those wins. Celebrate those wins by drinking a nice cup of wine. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I hate to, uh such a great show. I hate to end it, uh end it right now. But where can the people find you at? What are some of your future plans? And uh what are some words of Margot's words of wisdom? That's what I like. I like, I like to believe I guess with like a tagline that words of wisdom. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, they can find me on social media at 321GO-G-A-U-X. Um, I, just realized, I just realized what that was today, and I was like, man, that is so cool, 321 <laughs> So yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, so 321GO on, like, Instagram uh, link, or um, Twitter and then Facebook, and then also have the YouTube, Margo Alvarez, where they have uh, we have the free videos that they can check out for fitness. Um, and then I say words of wisdom. 
I've, I've noticed I revolve this around a lot for my business, but working hard towards your goals, make sure, like I just said, celebrate those small wins, embrace the struggles because those struggles are going to shape who you are. Mm -hmm. um, and don't kind of back away from those, like embrace them and feel those emotions, even if it's good emotions, bad emotions, sad emotions. Um, allow yourself to take a step back from time to time. Be patient, review your work and really, truly enjoy where you're at, because in a month, two months, you might look back and be like, man, like, look how far I've come. And I think that's something that's looking back and reflecting back is really important because we get so caught up in the next goal. That's important. But make sure to look back and see how far you've uh, made progress. Yep. Cool. Cool. Man. Well, it's good advice right there. Good advice. <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for taking the time out. I know we ran a little bit long, but conversation okay. been so good. I felt like we left so much more on the we left so much on the table, but you can only talk about so much. And uh, thank you. It was an honor to have you on. Like I said, we've been following your CrossFit career for a while, and uh, thank you, thank you for yeah, being. Yeah. Thanks of a lot. Course. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. I enjoyed our conversation. Oh, cool, cool. And remember, people, you could uh, follow us on YouTube at mastersoffitness.com. On Instagram, we will have this episode up later tonight on YouTube and on Apple, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. You could uh, you could find us and listen to us. Download, listen to the show, give us a rating and a couple of thumbs up. And once again, thank you for joining the show. And uh, we'll see you Cue next the cool time. Drop, drop, drop.